Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Maiden Page Show. Zach here, back with Professor Dreg. Got a killer, killer show for you guys today. And I don't know if you guys have started to notice, but I know there have been a couple of pre-roll ads before this podcast. Yes, I know. There are people that are putting ads on here. It has to happen. In fact, funny story before we jump into it. I got an ad for, uh, I won't say who because um, I, I don't think I'll get as many advertisements if I say this, but it was something to do with San Francisco and it just wasn't really exactly what I stand for. So I opted out of that. But um, yeah, there's some ads now. Don't you know be turned off by that. We got to make money too. This is how it works. It's called the paid show for a reason. Anywho. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's because of your listening and your uh, attentiveness to the show that is getting us places, which is what we appreciate. 11,000 downloads. Not too bad for the past couple of months. It's not, it's not huge. It's not Rogan numbers, but hey, you know, you got to start somewhere. Anyways, if you guys haven't left an iTunes review, be sure you go and do that because it really means a lot to us. Uh, if you like us or you don't like us, be sure to send us an email and uh, we will happily talk about specific topics you want us to cover. But uh, let's jump into. To, so, Professor Dreg and I were talking about. Let me add one thing. Oh, okay. Our, what we speak about on this show will help you in your real life. <laughs> it really does. So, you know, you guys really send in your stuff, whatever you want us to talk about, write good reviews about us. And, and okay, now let's move. Still, yeah, still getting legitimized here. But we were talking about taxes a little bit earlier because I found that I have to pay something like, as a self-employed person, I won't go into too much of my details, but I've got to pay like several thousand dollars this quarter alone for my uh, self-employed income. And it's just, uh, I uh, we don't have to d- dive into ways to cut corners because that wouldn't be a good idea. But yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I want to continue our discussion on economics, right? We had spoken about this a little bit yesterday about black markets, about unregulated economies and how in the process of doing so, they actually keep economies afloat, right? Um, A lot of the stuff that may not necessarily be monitored, like services, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there where... Uh, services agreements, whether it's general labor, a lot of times, a lot of that money goes unreported, especially when you pay a lot of your workers in cash. So one thing that resonated with me is we were talking about family businesses, right? A lot of these laundromats, restaurants, (laughs) Chinese grocery stores, even Jewish grocery stores, I would argue. Yeah, it's all cash under the table. So only grocery stores that don't have under the uh, table employees are like chains like Vons, uh, I guess that's Safeway. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking LA. Uh, Safeway, Albertsons, you know, places like that. Whole Foods, no, no, I don't know Whole Foods, but the big chain stores don't have under the table, but mom and pop, everybody knows they do. That's how we survive. But going back to like taxes or whatever, 
I will say this. If you're young and you have no dependents, no kids, no anything, just pay your taxes. Just, you know, and that's, that's, that, that would be my advice to anybody in, in a situation where you're young and making good cash. Yeah. Just pay the taxes, save your money. Don't spend because that's the problem. When you start spending your money, or fall into the trap of, oh, I got, I got my first credit card and my credit score so high, F that. You don't need a good credit score. You don't need any of that stuff. What you need is cash and an ability to make cash. That's all you need. <laughs> okay, well, that's Pay good. Taxes on time. <laughs> so something you should check out, a show I've been watching a lot on YouTube is uh, CNBC's Make It. It's literally called CNBC Make It. You should check it out. It's a bunch of these millennials and how they spend their money. It's like, okay, couple making 200K in San Francisco. Here's how we spend our money. Guy makes 55K in New York City. This is how he spends money. It's really interesting seeing how a lot of young people manage money. Something that people want us to talk a lot about actually is personal finance, right? We dive into that a little bit here on this show, but this is a lifestyle show about conservatism. You can't not talk about debt. You can't talk, not talk about personal finance and making money without addressing that, right? So yeah, the one big thing is, is student loans. And I think we've dived into student loans a little bit on this show. So it's definitely a hot topic. It's ballooned to over 1.5 trillion. That's what the deficit is looking like. No, but, oh God, no, but that's, you know, student loans are really illegal. And this is, and I, I hate to say it because, dude, I'm telling you. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into student loans. It's a no, because everything, my age bracket. Like, because this is, because I was listening to the radio last night and uh, somebody said something goes like baby Christians or something like that. Like that, somebody said like, I would be considered a, well, I wasn't talking to anybody, you know, but based on what this lady was saying, this one preacher lady uh, cause I just, it was a weird thing. Like I was driving <laughs> and then, you know, I was flipping through the station and then all of a sudden just turned into like 1100 AM, which is like some kind of Christian station. And they have all these preachers on. So this lady was talking about baby Christians. Like when you barely find out who Jesus is, you have all these questions and all you want to do is ask questions. And I think, and Jesus, that feels like me. Cause I got all these questions. So anyway, but going back to economics that's it's student loans are really bad because and they're illegal they're totally illegal how even the federally insured ones i mean there's private that's the point there should be no federally insured loan for any college why why is that even like how is that even possible <laughs> you, you know what i mean it, it, it's it's to keep but, you in debt forever. I mean, that's... But that's the thing. Who's funding these federal loans? So we spoke about this before, too, about Chase. Uh, right. Morgan Chase backing the, um, the mortgage loans for UC Berkeley. Right. That Facebook dude uh, was able to get a house because the government forced... You know, they make a deal with Chase and then Chase, you know, they do underhanded things and then they screw over the people. But in the hands of that Facebook dude, the one that was, you know, the bad dude, um, I forgot his name. But the I engineer know. that got, got investigated by Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. Yeah, that yeah. dude. See, now, he's living in a multi-million dollar home because his wife works at UC Berkeley. And they 
somehow, some way, magically qualify for a multi-million dollar home when their salaries do not justify it. But because UC Berkeley can force Chase to underwrite that loan, well, they got that house. Right, right. Without even qualifying. They only have to put, I mean, if you own, because look, if you buy a house and you can't put up 20%, you know you can't afford it. <laughs> it's just magic. Everybody knows if you don't have money saved up, there's no way you can pay like a huge, you know, monthly. But anyways, neither here nor there. Going back to student loans, student loans is one of the biggest scams ever done. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Because it's insane. And and this is why schools are so expensive now, because they know the people running, you know, the the university administrators, they know these loans are guaranteed. So if they say, hey, look, my college is now worth $100,000 a year because I have a dental program, knowing that most dentists aren't going to make that kind of money, because they don't. Dentists don't make that kind of money that could justify a $400,000 student loan debt. They'll never yeah. pay it off. But because it's a, they've already been paid, uh, they can do it and they'll keep up in the prices. So at this point, I'm going to talk about Jesus again and what I think. Because it always comes back to how are these... Uh, okay, so let me, let me uh, say this more clearly. The reason why people are, because uh, I have to give credit to that guy, Tim Pool. Tim Pool came down with this stat about uh, how many people uh, are against capitalism. So, you know, 56% of the people are in favor of capitalism and the rest are not. So 40 some percent do not believe in capitalism. You know, but they don't believe in socialism either. So they believe, and he coined it as, you know, free market capitalism is wrong. And as he was saying, oh, when there's free market, then everything goes amok and, and you get companies like Facebook and, and Google. But that is not a free market. That's not. The reason why Google is Google is because the government helped Google get to where they need to be. And it's the same thing with uh, Apple. Apple got help from the government. They did. And uh, through regulations and all this other stuff, not just even regulations, that, you know, with backhanded deals with lobbyists, they were able to get favorable legislation that allows Apple to do what they do. They can go into China and, you know, China in theory is one of our enemies. So how was Apple able to go into China? Well, with the help of the government <laughs> and, and the government helped Apple, Nike and all these other companies exploit China. <laughs> it's just how it works. And, um, and so that's not free market capitalism because in a real, real free market, the government would never go in and step in and, and negotiate or make sure everything is A-OK for American companies. But wouldn't you need that to prevent monopolies or does that actually encourage monopolies to happen? Well, of course it's going to encourage a monopoly. It encourages monopolies because, you know, you have somebody like when Barbara Boxer was in office, she literally destroyed the Discover card with her legislation. She, you know, prior to signing that bill, she bought like 60,000 shares 
a visa. And then guess what happened? Two days after she bought the stocks, they signed some legislation, Visa goes through the roof. And now Visa is the dominant credit card in the so world. They are manipulating <laughs> stock prices. The government actually manipulates different values of how yeah, stocks so are. MasterCard, come on, who uses MasterCard? No one. Yeah, exactly. Discover Card is like almost extinct. Well, my, I mean, I use... Well, I don't use Discover, but I try. I my dad uses it, and I know a few people that use Discover. But it's 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 not a, it's not it's not Visa, you know. It's not yeah, Visa. No, that's the point. Discover in the old days was real prominent. Ah. And after that bill, because Barbara Boxer, she's been people are like who in the hell is Barbara Boxer? <laughs> she was an old senator from uh, California. She retired, and that's Kamala Harris took her spot. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, went from bad to worse. She was, <laughs> was like, gosh. It's, but, but, but I really want to touch about this too. Like I want this show really to be more about leadership versus economics. But through economics comes leadership. Because if we don't understand economics and how to make money, then we are never going to have any leaders. It's just a reality. So when Tim Pohl was talking about, you know, oh, yeah, I, I believe in, so, um, you know, I don't believe in socialism, but I believe in capitalism because without capitalism, there would be no radios and, and wealth and, and things like that. I forgot, I'm paraphrasing. But he goes, but we have to put mark, uh, caps on capitalism. And I think he called it capitalism with, yeah, for services. So yeah let's how does this tie back to student loans because i want to talk about student loans that's a big thing that plagues everyone everybody's no, the thing is there is nothing anybody can do about student loans you just have to pay it yeah you, you work for the government because everybody goes oh you work for the government for 10 years student loan forgiveness that is the biggest scam out there yeah. to get people to not pay no, or to pay the bare minimum and then go ahead no, you check this out i'm not kidding this is how it works when you work for the government for 10 years, you have to pay on your student loan during those 10 years. After 10 years of paying whatever they tell you to pay, which is usually 15% of your paycheck, I'm not kidding you. They make you pay 15% of your net, not your gross, your net. So it's not as big as it could be. So right. 15% of your net, let's say if you're netting like 500 bucks, you know, you pay 15% of that, which is a pretty huge chunk. And, uh, but if you're, you know, during, if you're gross and you have a lot going to your 401k or child support, it won't affect any of that. But 15% of your net is pretty high. So after paying that for 10 years, month after month after month, a big significant part of that money that you owe to your student loan is already gone. And then so by the time your 10 years is up and you do, you meet all the requirements, oh, you only owe like 5,000 less. So yeah, we'll forgive you. That's the interest. Like, you know, because even the interest rates are stupidly high. 7%? That's extremely high. That's like, what? That's more than a mortgage. That's twice as much as a mortgage. You could have bought two houses for what? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, you could have yeah. literally bought two houses. So there's really nothing to talk about with student loans other than you just got to pay it. I'm not worried mo mostly about the whole loan forgiveness or I'm, I'm not, I'm more worried about, cause okay. The original topic here was I watched this thing called there. There's a lot 
what's popular on the internet now is how millennials manage their money. Cause clearly a lot of us are basically financially illiterate. I mean, you see how irresponsible some of these people are. It's, it's obscene and, and not going to lie. I mean, I never got student loans, thank God, but I I've been in my fair share of debt. I'm not there anymore, but the thing is, you look at their budget breakdowns and all that kind of stuff and paying like, I don't know, 500 bucks towards a student loan. To, like, here's the thing about the student loan forgiveness, though. Whether it's 50K that you owe or 200K, I think that federal, the whole lo- loan forgiveness thing only really applies, number one, if you're doing government work, which let's face it are you really going to have a $200,000 a year job working for the government unless you're like the director of the national intelligence agency? No, the president only makes 400 grand vice president probably makes half of that. So if you work in a government agency or any kind of public service job, let's face it, it's not going to be very much. And here's yeah, another attorney is working for the government, make good money. Right. But, but so this, this hits that other door, uh, the other door, the closed door that I'm talking about, which is, Paying 15% of that towards whatever student loans you have, number one, I don't even know if you're going to, I mean, you say you'll pay most of it off. I don't think you'll actually put much of a dent in it. And number two, this is the more prominent problem. Legislation could change a month yep. before that stuff happens. And then and you're, you're screwed. screwed. <laughs> yeah. well, but in theory, most people, if they work for the government, it's 80% is usually paid off by the end of the 10 years. Even if it's like two hundred grand, yeah. Because usually, if you have, um, if you, if people, no, I've seen people do it with three hundred thousand. Because like the people who make good money for the government would be, you know, obviously police officers. You know, they make like a hundred, you know, whatever. And then there's a lot of doctors and nurses. Like you'd be shocked how much nurses make. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about six figure salaries and that's why medical school is so expensive. That's why, you know, law school is so expensive because if you get a government job as an attorney, you're automatic. Everybody's making six figures. And after like 10 years or even after five years, you're making like, you know, 170, 180 a year. So the government pays just as well as the private sector which is insane. It's not supposed to be that way. The whole point of working for the government was you have job security, but at a much lesser rate. So you're supposed to make about, you know, 60% or half of what the private sector makes. Right. And because you still get benefits on top of that. Don't you get a a government pension and all that type of stuff? Yeah, you get your benefits, retirement. So you get a government job for security knowing that you're not going to make a lot of money. But because our government is so big, you know, you could honestly work for the, you know, like, okay, I hate to say this, but because I don't want to give people, because uh, I don't, I hate to give out information. And everybody goes like, what? And then everyone's going to apply for that job because <laughs> I don't want people working for the government because it's a waste of taxes. But you know, the people who pick up street needles in San Francisco, they yeah. get 100000 a year doing that crap. <laughs> I believe that. Wait, you didn't, you know, I believe that because, you know, BART janitors make around that much too. Yeah, well, that one dude made half a million a year. Yeah, because, and that's from overtime. Yeah, that's from because he was working time, and half. <laughs> time and a half. That's amazing. A BART janitor. You know how nasty BART is, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, no, and another janitor from uh, Corrections made that much money too. He was like, dude, like there were 
just pulling out numbers like this one dude made 700 something thousand being a janitor and but that's like that's how dysfunctional the government is you know it's like the dude made twice as much as a president because at the time the president was only making 200,000 a year yeah. the pay raise was just pretty recent so in the 80s and the 90s dudes were just pulling off like working 600 700,000 you know just pulling in hours getting time and a half <laughs> you know because janitors you know like why are they getting so much money they're wearing gloves it's not like they're inhaling anything crazy I, I, but but that's just government employees like for example the san francisco muni s-f-t-m-a i believe that's what they're called their bus drivers are the highest paid bus drivers in the country because every time anybody gets a raise their union automatically gets a half percent more than the highest people. How much does an SF Muni driver make? Yeah, I don't know, but somebody was saying it was like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like they make SF Muni, really? Yeah, if you're a bus driver, I'm gonna look it up. Bus driver, really? No. Those people that that basically sit behind that plastic, uh, you know, <laughs> plastic frame on a Muni bus to avoid getting stuff thrown at them. Uh. I believe it. I mean, it's not that you have. To, I don't. It's not that I. I don't believe you. I believe it. But I was surprised. I'm looking it up. Muni drivers, because <laughs> bus drivers don't make crap. Well, so here's another thing about the student loan thing that we've talked about probably on this show, but it's always worth bringing up just because it's so prevalent with higher education, especially among people my age. Right now, I have a different perception on that. I don't think I would have made the same decisions I made. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Cause I was very fortunate to have my parents finance it, but still, you know, one thing I was going to say about the student loans thing, which once you look that up, we'll talk about is the fact that it's, you can't declare bankruptcy over that. So people talk about consolidate your loans and then, you know, do all of that. You can't get out of student loans, even with bankruptcy. That's the scary thing. Everything else you can, you can have a failed business, you can lose your house. You can do all that type of stuff and declare bankruptcy to wipe away your debts. But student loans, I mean, man. Hmm. Well, okay. So here it says they're making 79000 to drive the bus. Oh, okay. And the average is 52000 but I'm trying to read something because there's another that says 271.999. But yeah, anyway, so it's not as high as I thought. Well, because it says the salary range from 26000 to $271,000 for mini bus drivers. I believe now, it. No, but I'm thinking who would work for 26000 when everybody else is making 271 So they say, anyway, the middle bus drivers for Muni make between 71000 to 137000 with the top 86% making 271 Dude, that's insane. That's an insane amount of money. $271,000 to drive a bus. There's some, uh, maybe those guys drive the cable cars. I don't know. That may be, because it could be, right? I mean, because. It's true. Driving a cable car seems a little bit more riskier. Because there's tourists and stuff like that. So that I could see why you would want to pay that much money. But a regular bus driver? Uh, it seems like a lot of money to me. 
like 131. Like I'm trying to figure out who in the hell is making $271,000. Well, okay. Well, that's not, not, not as relevant. I mean, I get that. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. No, that's, yeah, but student loans. So let's talk about the student loan thing more because let's talk about how criminal it is that, you know, we've talked about this where kids, right? They're not going to give you a credit card in the beginning for more than like $500, your credit limit, right? But they'll give you a loan, a student loan for practically a, a limitless amount of money to go to school. Dude, you're so not it's not working. Un- yeah. That's the point. Students don't work. It's just, you brought a very good point. Why in the hell is anybody going to give you 60 grand when you're not working? You're just an 18 year old kid. You, that's a very excellent point. If seriously, if it's that hard just to get 500 bucks, how in the hell does that 500 bucks translate to 60 grand? <laughs> and also, also here's the thing. I remember my parents talking about just the perception of uh, earnings, right? Versus loans. Mm-hmm. And this is why when people go and work a regular job for a while before they decide they want to go to college, I am absolutely 100% behind that. You know how some kids talk about gap years? I think gap years are BS, by the way, because some kids do nothing. They just party and hang out and stuff. Yeah. Actually go get a job because here's the deal. When, when a lot of people justify student loans by saying, well, I'll get out of this making 80 grand a year, so a hundred grand student loan isn't so bad here's the, the kicker though you don't realize what that is what what 80 grand a year is actually it's actually 55 60 grand a year that's that's actually technically what it is yeah, after taxes. taxes right right and you got your expenses and everything when it comes down to your monthly paycheck dude it's just it's just the <laughs> You're only going to be contributing a couple thousand to it at the most every single month. Still going to take you five years. And don't forget the interest that's on top of it. So you think about it, even if you were living on the bare minimums, right? It would take you several years to clear that up. I'd say two years minimum. And that's if you worked your hardest Dave Ramsey style and you didn't even like, you didn't go on vacation. You didn't do any of that stuff. So that's well, what I'm trying to say is you, you, people have a false perception of, oh, 80 grand against 100 grand? No, it's more like 30 to 40 grand ver- over, ac- across the board with 100 grand because you're not taking into account tax. And here's the thing. Most kids who've never had a job, they're not going to know what that's like. They hear 100 grand a year, but what that really is is 70, 75 realistic. Yeah. Probably even a little lower than that, actually. Well, I mean, but it just depends. And, you know, like if they have kids, they have a tax write-off. So like, I'm going to bring back the bus driver uh, example. So if they're making 71,000 on average, let's say the average guy's making 71,000. If you have a family, you'll take, your take home should be about 61,000 because you don't pay a lot in taxes when you have kids and a family. You just don't. So if you have a young family, and, you know, that's why, if, in all honesty, I always say this. If you are smart, you would get married at a young age, in your 20s. So that way you could save more of your money. Because your highest earning potential is going to be when you're 20s and your 30s. So if you have a family, the bigger your family, the less you got to pay to taxes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. 
uh, and that's why it's like, think about this. If the average guy in San Francisco, family bus drivers, making 71000 and his take home after taxes and everything else is 61000 he's only paying 10000 a year in taxes in San Francisco where it's heavily taxed. Right. But because of having a family, because most bus drivers have like ton of kids, you know, I don't want to say they're all black, but <laughs> most bus drivers are black. Or, you know, it's just how it goes. And uh, they have big families. So they don't have to pay a lot of taxes because each kid is a tax write-off. Being head of household is a tax write-off. So, you know, I honestly feel that if people get off of their cell phones and all these stupid dating apps, Right. And just and just like go to school, find a good wife or find a good husband, and work together. Then, like, because look, right now we pay zero taxes. You know, the counselor and I. Why? Because we're a couple, and since we are gonna get married soon, and and we've been you know doing whatever. Um, it's we pay zero in taxes and it's totally legal because we are working together, building something together. And if you really want to save on your taxes, find a good person to marry and do it that way. That's the only way to cheat the system. It's not even cheating the system because you're going to have a good life partner forever. Because see, the thing is like this, and this is why, you know, student loans, hell, uh, I hate to say this because the counselor, I don't want to get her mad, but her student loan is in the six figures. So, and and I know, you know, Dave Ramsey says, whatever, I'll pay off all your debt before you pay. It's like, nah, because I got no debt, <laughs> right? So we're buying land, building property and all this other stuff. But once we do that, then we pay off the loan because, you know, and, and I don't mind paying her loans. I don't. Because why? That's my wife. Why the fuck am I going to care? You know what I mean? You marry somebody because of that. Well, yeah. And, and you guys have already proven to stick by each other through thick and thin. So you don't have to worry about her just like taking yeah. off after you've done that, you know, because, you know, that's what happened to, okay, look up Wendy Davis. The, I think she was a forerunner for governor of Texas. You know, she divorced her husband the day after he paid off her last law school student loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know who I'm talking about already. This is also yeah, an attorney. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he yeah. divorced her former husband, Jeff Davis, the day after he paid off her last student loan. She didn't pay it off. Her husband did the yeah. whole thing. Talk about like, I, I, that's a whole nother thing about women and, and loans and all that, but I don't want to get into it. But you, you heard about Wendy Davis, right? Like yeah, 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 ran yeah. for uh, governor of Texas, I believe, but she got beat. Yeah, she got beat by Greg Abbott. Thanks yeah, but th so this woman, this woman is is the type of woman you probably don't want to marry because you're not building nothing from her. You, she'll make you pop out kids and then make you pay her loans and then leave you. You know, it's funny because she went to Harvard for her law degree. <laughs> she did, and that's where she got up uh, because she went to a Texas Christian University (TCU) and uh, she got converted at, at, in Harvard. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is no, and I mean, there is zero 
And I, I just look, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, there is zero, zero positive things coming out of there. I don't care what anybody says. All our judges and lawyers. Where did, where did counselor go for law school? Uh, uh, JFK, I think, or something like that. JFK? Yeah. Just, just something small, like a small law school. Nothing. John big. Fitzgerald Kennedy is a school. I thought that was an airport. <laughs> yeah, the JFK. Uh, uh, what you call it? So yeah, so uh, yeah, no. So it's it's, and it wasn't even that. Well, it's. I, I still I think law schools are over because look, most lawyers will never make the kind of money the counselor makes. It's just the truth. Really? She's that good, huh? No, it's that bad. It's, uh, you know, like most, dude, you're going to make more than most attorneys when, uh, because think about it. Yeah. People don't get it. The people who make the most money are business people, sales people, not attorneys, <laughs> attorneys. Well, cause when you start your own practice, you still got to start at the bottom. You still got to come up with your client list. You're still a businessman at the end of the day. You got to go yeah, get that's clients. That's why they fail. That's why most of these attorneys fail because. You, you said it. They're not businessmen. You guys still got to sell your services, you know? Yeah. No, but see, and people mock guys. Like, there's a dude named uh, uh, Habas and Associates. Yeah. Habas is on every single bus from, like, Fresno all the way up to Sacramento. Billboards. Yeah. He, he, all he does is advertise. And that's why he's rich because he's good at business. I mean, his law practice must suck, but you know what? It don't matter because he's getting clients and most attorneys don't know how to do this. And if like, I don't know who's listening, but whoever's listening, what I really want you to figure out is how the business end of what you like or love, you got to learn the business end of it to make money. It's the truth because look, student loans is the biggest mistake you're ever going to make. And if you already made it, you got to suck it up and just pay it off, you know, because there's nothing you can do because look, if you work for the government, it's a sucky dead end job and you're going to kill yourself for 10 years for what to save money. No, 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 no. You got to make money. Just pay it off. The faster you pay it off, the better off you'll be unless you're married and then you make arrangements with your spouse. Like the way how me and the counselor are doing it, uh, you know, because student loans, it, it, it's a scam. And, and the quicker you guys learn that it's a scam and it's illegal, and I don't know why nobody's challenging this, which, because gosh darn, our hour's ending. But, um, because I think this is more important than why student loans are, are um, okay, so the reason why student loans are the way they are is because of Congress. Congress allowed the banks to do this. Right. You know, it's funny because like the dudes that started this whole student loan thing from, from JP Morgan, they're the ones that started myrichuncles.com. <laughs> is that really what it's called? Myrichuncles.com? Yeah. Myrichuncles.com is, is called a REIT, a real estate investment trust. So they went from student loans after they made as much as they can make with that. Then they started something called My Rich Uncles. And uh, they get a bunch of people to um, put up money to buy commercial properties and then they rent it out to Chase. <laughs> so Chase pays the lease 
and then they make money off of the rents and when the property values go up. So these two dudes are smart, but they're scam artists and they move on from one scam. I mean, it's not a scam if it's legal, but you know what I mean? They take advantage of people one way to the next way to the next way. And uh, that's what they do because they get money for managing the funds, the REITs. They don't care because they, everybody knows that it's like real estate is, is not good. You know, the ROI in real estate most of the time is like negative 5% ROI. Right. The gross is like, oh my God, I got a good, you know, 10% gross ROI. But yeah, your net is negative five. When you go into like how much you got to pay these fools from myrichuncles.com, you know what I mean? Like they take half the, man, they take all of the money. They're not stupid. And because uh, people never look at the net, look at your gross. I mean, uh, people always look at the gross, like, like you just explained it, you know, right. when, when, when oh, I'm making uh, 80,000 a year, but it, your net is more like 50,000 a year. People don't see that. They don't know 30,000 is already gone. And then in, in investing and in business, people don't understand what the real net value is, you know? So they think they see net after you pay your taxes, but no, taxes is just one aspect of what determines your net. There's a lot more that goes to it. So, you know, my, the, the big thing is, is how can we get rid of student loans? But I still think every kid who has a student loan should pay it off because they're idiots and they deserve to pay it. Seriously, like if you're that stupid to pay for some expensive school, God, you're an idiot and you deserve to pay it. Seriously, like why, why, like seriously, why in the hell am I gonna subsidize you? <laughs> seriously, I make mistakes and when I make mistakes, I don't see like hundreds of people slipping me a dollar here and there just to help me. Well, that's, that's also another thing about Elizabeth Warren. This is the, one of the last things we'll talk about here is that she wants to completely erase student loan debt as if it never happened and make public education free a hundred percent. Well, public education. Uh, well, well, what I'm saying, education, University education. For free. Yeah. Free. Right. And the thing is, I, 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 the, what is that? Uh, 1.5 trillion is just going to disappear overnight? No. The way it becomes wiped out is a tax get, gets, um, there'll be a tax imposed on all of us now, additionally on all our income statements that say, Hey, to the federal insurance of student loan consolidation. And basically all you'd have to do is raise people's taxes and then you would wipe that out. But here's the thing. Why should I be responsible for somebody else's bad decision making. Why should I be responsible for And what about the people who also already pay that off? Say you're a, guy, a person who pays off their loan. If somebody else got their loan forgiven, you're gonna be, you're gonna be pissed. You're gonna be reasonably yeah, outraged. Of course you're gonna be pissed. Like, it's the same thing with social welfare, food stamps. Everybody gets pissed. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Why are you, you know what I mean? It's like, you even got a job. Are you gonna tell me with your job you still can't eat? I got to pay for your Oreo cookies. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what makes people mad the most. It's, it's when you're on welfare, you should not be buying high end Oreo cookies. Why can't you buy the generic <laughs> Oreo cookies? You know what I mean? It's like you're buying the $5 or oh, I don't know how much Oreo cookies are in like Arizona or, or uh, yeah, but in San Francisco, 
a, a bag of Oreo cookies, double stuff, is going to cost you like five, six dollars. That's a lot. And you can buy a generic for two bucks. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, buy the generic shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it tastes the same. Well, just as good. There's a little bit of a difference, but I don't mind the knockoff brand. It's like people who buy real frosted flakes, dude, it's like $8 a box. Yeah, dude. That, but, but anyway, but that's why people get pissed off because, <laughs> but anyway, but, but let me go back to Elizabeth Warren. And that, this is very key because I brought up Tim Pool. I brought up uh, Dr. Charles, whatever his last name is. These people do not understand economics at all everybody speaks about free markets what's a free market what's this what what what's like what tim pulls uh what is a um uh eco, um capitalism was for services like nobody honestly understands but this is literally the root of christianity's principle because what I heard yesterday, there was a story about, uh, and this wasn't a parable. This was an actual, you know, Luke recorded this actually happening mm -hmm. about the lepers, 10 lepers. So Jesus came down, healed 10 lepers, and he said, go tell your priest that you've been healed or whatever, and then, and then whatever, come back. Only one guy came back. And... And it was funny because it was a Samaritan dude. <laughs> I don't know about that, but keep going. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a crazy story. But no, like the guy speaking about it, even he didn't understand. And then people, well, how come you understand it? You're, you're not even a Christian. I said, because I, I know how to read and I know how to listen. So the reason why only one person came back wasn't because the other nine were ungrateful. It's because you have to understand what was happening at the time. And this is happening today. Time is a loop and it's repeating itself. But in that parable, well, not a parable, but in that story and how Jesus healed the people, and I actually know how it's done because it wasn't through magic. And, and, and it was the same RNAi uh, uh, through uh, gene therapy. If you have a certain amount of energy, you can do all these things, blah, 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 which is phenomenal. When I heard that story, I was like, holy crap. But anyway, um, going back to the priests, who were the priests back in those days? The priests were the doctors. They were the lawmakers. That's what priests used to do in those times. There wasn't like what we see priests do today, just preaching. Those priests had a lot of power, like the way they still do in, in, in like the rabbis. Those rabbi dudes, the dudes in the black, they got a lot of power. Yeah. Elected officials, but they run Israel. You know, they're, they're the ones doing the talking and all this other BS. And, and anyway, so those guys were the ones that were going to say to you, hey, go back to Jesus. If, you know, those nine guys, those other priests that they, you know, Jesus told them to go to, they held them back. That's not in the Bible. This wasn't, but I know because I know how it is in the Middle East. Those rabbis or priests, whoever they were, they didn't want you to know that or want people to know about what Jesus did. They were withholding information. I believe and that. that's what's happening today. They're withholding. But see, but the preachers don't say that. They, they, they have the way they interpreted the, what Luke wrote down is wrong because the whole point and why Christianity is at the state is today is why it was back then. 
because they were withholding the information. Only one priest out of the 10 allowed that leper to go back because, you know, you had to stay in the colony because, you know, it's leprosy. All the lepers stayed in this one area. Right, right. The only way to get out of there is if a priest deems you clean and no longer sick. So the, you know, the other priests didn't want that because why they lose control. And it's the right. same thing. Why are these student loans happening? Why is everything happening? Because our politicians don't want to give up control. Control, yeah. They claim to be Christian, but they're not. None of them. I seriously believe none of these dudes are real Christian people. I don't care who it is. With the, maybe with the exception of Donald Trump. But other than that, I don't think Ted Cruz is a real Christian dude. I really what, don't. What kind of did it for me was when he said that whole, like, if you don't stand with Israel, I will not stand with you. It's just like, all right, another puppet. No, but and that's the thing. It's like, oh, I hate to say things like this because I, because I, I don't really don't know. But I was thinking, man, see, these Jewish dudes were, were like horrible people. It, I mean, but that's only if you interpret, like, because I was like, you know, when I heard that parable or then that, that, because uh, a parable is something made up, but uh, that account of the lepers, I'm thinking, holy crap, why would they do that? You know what I mean? That's the first thing I thought. It's like, why would them Jews to be doing stuff like that? Like, they should be happy that they're healed. They shouldn't put them back in the camps, like in the leprosy camp. You know what I mean? But that's what happened because everybody's saying the other nine were ingrates. No, they weren't ingrates. It was the rulers stopping Christianity. They didn't want people to know it. They didn't want them to know about the economic powers. Because, like, uh, I, I think one of the big things is, oh, like, Dave, I, I, I like Dave Ramsey. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of research on him. And he's always talking about being charitable. But he, if you notice, he never says how to be charitable. And he shouldn't. Why? Because he's not the dude to ask. That's for his pastor to figure out. And that's, and then I remember we were talking about then the Bible's not for everybody. Well, and then you corrected me and said, no, everybody should read. It. It's like, yeah, that's true. Everybody should read the Bible, but only the pastors, only the leaders should be the ones saying where the money should go. Because, you know, Dave Ramsey doesn't know. He just says, look, just be giving, you know, give like no other. But then, you know, you should really seek counsel on how to give. Because you don't want to just give to some random crackheads. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to just give randomly for no reason. It has to be with purpose. Because what if you are funding something evil? Like how they do a lot. I mean, I'm not saying Israel's evil. But why is a lot of our money going there? When they're not Christian people. They're not helping anybody. They're not, you know what I mean? They're helping themselves. They're helping start, create wars and, and all these other things. But they're not it's not really helping the downtrodden in that area. It's not helping the downtrodden in this area or in Mexico or anywhere. And the thing is, with true economics, free markets, and Anne is correct in this part, you treat people the way you want to be treated, which is a Christian principle. And once you start doing that with your money, you'll see how rich you will become. Like, and that's not charity. Charity is something totally different. Right. People differently is an economic principle. 
and that makes you rich. <laughs> and that's like, so if anybody's going to get anything, being charitable, you get nothing for it. But being thoughtful and considerate to others will make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. Those are two very distinct differences. Charity mm -hmm. is what you give to retarded you. But being kind to somebody else, you know, you know, like investing in them. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're rich. Rich people invest in other people with nothing but a dream and a work ethic. It don't matter what your race is or, or, or your age. Even if, you're like, the younger, the better, probably. Because then, you know, and you're, you have to take the chance to lose everything with that person. Right. It's kind of like a marriage without the sex. You know what I mean? Because everybody's all like, well, what do we do? How do, you know, the carnal mind is so hard. And it's actually not hard to control if your mind is busy. Yeah. But, you know, how come rich people fall into sex cults? Because their mind is no longer busy. They're just hoarding money, giving their money away in charity, but it's not charity because the people advising them are wrong. And that's the thing. We fall into these traps like student loans. Why? Because our leaders are unethical and we follow them blindly. And so my last plea would be, if there's real Christians who understand the difference between charity and treating people good, if you can understand those two basic economic principles, because charity is an economic principle. Treating somebody good is an economic principle. That is what Tim Poole doesn't understand. Capitalism for services. For services just means treat other people good. That's it. It's not a real financial thing, but you should expect to become wealthy when you invest in other people. I mean, because seriously, what you're doing, like what you're doing with your sales, you know you could expand this. Yeah. You can expand your system. And as long as you pay people well, you're going to be like, super rich and like i don't want to talk about kylie jenner because i really don't know much about her business but she's a billionaire right now mm -hmm. and i guarantee you it's not because she treats her employees like shit you know what i mean like and and, and you know for whatever reasons the people who made her a billionaire really believe in what whatever it is that she's selling and uh and those are if we can get even like 10 10 listeners to honestly understand the economic principles of, of G they will become super rich. And that'll, that just 10 people can actually start a big revolution in, in how we focus on economics in this country. And, and those people <laughs> can become and somehow, some way lobby a real political leader who can make political changes, not just at the local level, but at the national level, because it's just how it works. Yeah. Uh, student loans are student loans because why? Look to myrichuncles.com for the answer. Those two dudes from Chase, uh, JP Morgan, they're the ones that started the whole program. They're the ones that started that idea. Why? Because they had foresight to lobby politicians whether it was Ted Cruz or whether it was Elizabeth Warren, they're all in bed together, all of them. 
But somehow, some way, we think they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're not. Every single politician knows that the budget will grow a 5% or 7% to fight inflation. Everybody knows that. And not one politician does anything to stop it. Right. Trump tried, but he was like, what the hell? You know, like he literally tried to do it. And then he was trying to do an executive order, but they fought him and they said, no, everybody's involved. Every single person in the Senate, every single person in the house, they all agree on this. And that is wrong. That is anti-Christian because that's not how inflation works. Inflation is even something that may be imaginary. It's an imaginary principle because if it's really based on treating people well, you know, you could always get discounts. You could always, you know what I mean? So inflation, what's inflation? It doesn't really exist. It's a man-made uh, principle that is, goes outside of the realm of what Jesus wanted in economics. Just based on that story about the lepers. <laughs> You're like, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you get all that from that? Because the people controlling the information, the priests of their time, are the same thing today. Today, our priests are now called congressmen, are now called senators. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There are priests. There are the priests today. Instead of, you know, because we live in a secular world. And it's not, you know, they're not our priests. It's our Congress people. It's our representatives. It's our judges. And our judges are not, you know, their Bible comes from Harvard, Princeton, Yale. Everything is based on an atheist darwin mm -hmm. philosophy it's not based on a christian philosophy anymore every single christian leader will put secular beliefs ahead of our founding principles everybody knows that there is a reason why yeah. the government got involved in marriage why did it get involved in marriage so that way we weren't taken advantage of the weak like the whole purpose of uh, of, you know, the government getting involved, and this was one of the court cases, was because if a 14-year-old was to get married, that's too young. Or what if somebody had an STD and had some kind of mind control over the wife? That also should be stopped. You know, we should step in. But then somehow, some way, it got bastardized into believing that same-sex couples should have all of the, you know, rights as a straight couple that's wrong but why is it wrong we just can't say it's wrong because it's in the bible that's not going to fly the same reason why when jesus healed those 10 dudes why didn't they come back because they want to stop information if we can't explain why things are wrong then we're just as bad as as the priests stopping the lepers from coming back to worship Jesus. Well, not even worship. I don't even think uh, Jesus wanted worship. He just wanted thanks. You know what I mean? He just wanted them to be thankful to God for what he did. Yeah. And I think that's all he wanted. But, but there is a lot, but there's a reason why that story is important because it's also not just because he wanted thanks and he's selfish. Jesus wasn't selfish. He wanted to show everybody how dangerous the leaders are when they withhold information because seriously the reason why that story is so important is because it's a medical technology 
that could have saved millions of lives, millions of lives. But since we weren't open way back then, that discovery is just barely made in the 80s. The same thing Jesus did to the lepers, we made that discovery in like 88, 89. And so, you know what I mean? That took us 2,000 years <laughs> for something that, but why? Because our leaders withhold information. Information is like gold. That is gold. But, you know, that's what's happening now. And we have to somehow release that information again. We have to explain why same-sex marriage is bad. But we cannot condemn, and that's the trick. See, Jesus wasn't here for condemnation. He wasn't condemning anybody. He didn't destroy those those lepers. He didn't destroy those priests, right? He didn't. He just showed you something. He showed you what happens when you withhold information. Your life is no longer good. Those lepers have to go back. Yeah. And that's the whole point. We have to be able to explain without condemning. But look at our leaders. They condemn each other. Ted Cruz is fighting with Elizabeth Warren, name calling, all of this, all of that. And then Trump is sitting in the middle and it looks like he's name calling, but he's really trying to unify everybody. <laughs> Without no, I mean, because a lot of people, you know, they go, oh no, that's like, you know, Trump isn't playing 3D chess or seven dimensional chess or four dimensional chess. He's not that smart, but he actually is. Uh, he's just watching what he does and understanding his, you know, where he's at. He, I, it's just hard not to say like that dude has to be guided with some, like somebody spiritually, like he has to have some kind of pastor behind him. You know what I mean? Like I'm almost convinced that he does listen to whoever his priest is. I, I he has to mm -hmm. because he's in a, in a, some kind of, because he can't be like George Bush walking around with that Bible, talking crazy, doing nothing, you know, like Donald Trump, did a lot of great things for New Orleans. He did a lot of great things for almost everybody. And, and we've been averting crisis after crisis after crisis. Look what's happening in Iran. He averted that. We're not at war with those guys. They backed down with, with showing force without using force. So I don't know. I mean, it's because I, I wish I knew more about the Bible. But <laughs> Just read more. I keep telling you to do it and you won't do it. So. Yeah, because do it. Reading takes a lot of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we got to awesome. cut it short there because I got to go. But uh, thank you guys for listening to the show here. Hope you got something out of it with the leadership and with taxes and with student loans. And uh, yeah, we'll be sure to resume this conversation a little bit more thoroughly. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Take care.